announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Super excited to be here with you on another Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of the cannabis and hemp industry from the eyes and perspective of the entrepreneurs and change makers who are pushing this incredible industry forward and making it possible for you to have safe and legal access to the highest quality products on the marketplace. Super excited to share with you more stories from these incredible entrepreneurs. But if you're a person looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. If you are a business owner or a budding entrepreneur who needs merchant processing, manufacturing, fulfillment, coaching, support, or just some kind of roadmap out (laughs) of this crazy and challenging industry. Check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. We are here to help. Today, we have an incredible story from one of our good friends, somebody who I've had the pleasure of working with and watching over the last year or so. And what I can say, I can can certainly say in my own personal endorsement that some of his brands and imagery, and certainly some of his opinions around the existing brands and imagery on the marketplace right now are some of my absolute favorites. Mr. Paul Booth is a brand creator and brand growth consultant who designs and implements human connecting data-driven ideas and strategies that launches brands with an unfair advantage against the competition, increases traffic and conversions while driving sales across every continent on the globe. I have literally seen him come up with swag, packaging, you know, any kind of brand design that you can see. And I've had such the pleasure of working with him alongside some of my clients. Ultimately, his skill is to enable you to generate more revenue through the power of brand and do less stuff that sucks. So here to share a little bit more about his story and how and why he is becoming a leader when it comes to brand creation, SEO, and driving massive traffic to your offers, whether or not you are in the CBD space. Help me welcome my good friend, Paul Booth. What's going on, Paul? How's it going? I'm good, Sonia. Wow, what a intro. It makes me sound really intelligent and super cool. (laughs) Yeah, well, we both know it's all a fallacy, so why don't you tell them the real story? Who are you, what's your background, and how'd you end up in this crazy can of boom? Wow, okay, so this is going to sound very weird how I explain this. How I got to the point of being what people would call a brand expert. I hate the word expert. I'm just some dude that makes things sexy. Right, so how did it start? I really don't know. I had to think about this a couple of weeks ago, but I think it comes down to at the age of eight, I got sent to boarding school by my parents. I got sent to military boarding school. And people will say, what's that got to do with branding? Well, at military boarding school, you've got to become a comedian as a human to not get your head kicked in as a kid. So from a very early age, I learned how to become a comedian and basically manipulate situations and people to enable myself to be safe, as well as my younger brother that was at boarding school with me. Now, it sounds like it was super, super cool and super affluent, but it was a military boarding school is where military kids go. So quite a poor school. So quite full of alpha characters. Yeah. So at that age, I learned really quickly how to basically just manipulate and move around and understand humans effectively, understand what triggers them, what I can say or what I can do to stop certain scenarios or make my life better. And from there, I joined the forces, the UK military. And I was an engineer on helicopters. Before I left, I was a senior engineer making the choice, the decisions ultimately is I could kill someone effectively if I flew the aircraft outside of safety standards. But my whole time in the forces, I was, I traveled the globe. I went to many countries. I spent actually two years 
and this is going to be quite funny on this podcast. A podcast. Um, I spent two years in the Caribbean busting drugs. So yeah, in then two years, I bust. Well, we, uh, the team busted 1.1 billion street value of cocaine. So yeah, doing that, come across some funny stories and funny characters, which I can't really mention on this podcast. All I can mention is that I was in the Caribbean for two years on counter narcotic operations. So yeah, so I did that. I was in the military for 16 years, traveled the world, met some awesome people, some celebrities, a lot of royalty. And then when I left, I was a massive sportsman. Well, I was in the forces. And when I left, I was fed up with the supplement market and the crap that was being served to uh, people. So effectively, I, I started to manufacture my own supplement products for myself. And that somehow turned into my pal going, oh, can I get some? Then my next pal saying, can I get some? And then my next pal saying, can I get some? So I basically put a brand together and I built a brand. We won men's health awards. I built the seven figures all from the power of Twitter, connecting with people and teaching myself Photoshop and Illustrator, the design tools to create my vision because every designer I went to couldn't see in my brain. So I created it all myself. Yeah, I built that up. It was doing really well. We were about to partner up with bodybuilding.com and then bodybuilding.com gave us some horrendous brand advice and it effectively killed the business. So that, that killed that business. And from that day on, I decided that I was going to take full control of everything and everything I do in the brand space. And people started asking me to help them build their brands, you know, because I built my own brands and roll on eight years or 10 years now, probably, or nine years now. I am here now on a podcast talking to you about branding and branding in the CBD space. One thing I want to get clear is I brand in all spaces. My thing is just branding. But the CBD space right now is where a lot of people are calling on me to help them because the CBD space is getting very crowded in the, the Me Too world. A lot of people are doing the same thing. So people are coming in and asking me to come in and change it up and start seeing and find the opportunities. So effectively, that is my story, the Tinder version, as quick as possible. I don't like, I don't like fluff and faff. So that's it, yeah. <laughs> I love the nutshell. Okay, cool. Well... What podcast do we have to be talking on to get the real dirt on your Caribbean excursions? No, that's one of, uh, if you could actually get a drink with me and get me drunk and then probably ask me the questions, that's when you find out the real stuff. But yeah, it was crazy. It was one story I could probably tell you, actually. One story is uh, we were off the Dominican Republic. We had some intel that said this Cessna plane was going to fly at a certain time of night. It was going to bank turn this jet of land off the Dominican Republic where the police were, the police were based, funny enough. They were going to drop you know, X amount of cocaine out the back of the plane. And I was like, that's never going to happen. That intel is way too accurate. And two nights later, we're there, dark and ops. This plane flies at perfectly right time. We can hear the Mexican guys speaking on the comms, yeah, talking in Spanish. He banks. This little package comes out the back of the plane. Little parachute comes down. Our helicopter goes out to go and retrieve the package. These two go-fast boats turn up. So our helicopter starts chasing one of the boats while another team went and collected the cocaine. What turned out to be is our helicopter's chasing a Dominican Republic police boat, which is also the undercover operations, which we weren't told about. So we're basically, the, dr the drug guys, the drug barons disappeared and we were chasing the police for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. so, uh, yeah, it was funny. It was just, uh, this plane's going to come, you're like, yeah, as if this intel is that accurate. And the next year, literally, it's that the exact time of night this plane's coming in. It's like just before... Just at dusk time, it's coming in, it's banking, this guy's talking, he throws out the back of the plane. It's like something from Miami Vice, but um, yeah, it was cool. It was, a, it was a cool two years. Look, you're spending two years in the Caribbean, you know, doing what you do as a job, but also partying. Who's going to be, who's gonna be unfa ungrateful for that? I had a great time. Oh my God. And what a perfect segue, because I think that the CBD industry, especially, and a lot of industries, let's just talk about the Me Too industries or the Me Too vibe that's swept across the industry. There is a lot of lackluster in the brands that I'm seeing, a lot of Me Too duplications, tons of originality is bled out of the brands, and there's yeah. not a lot of soul in them anymore. Back in the 80s and 90s, we were seeing fresh looks, fresh faces, I think fresh brands that, you know, sort of became conglomerates. And now it's never been easier for an everyday Joe or even a teenager for that matter, a kid you know, can become a millionaire on the internet. However, if we specifically talk about CBD or the supplement space or, you know, the health and beauty era, a lot of things are looking and feeling 
the same. And there's a lot of copycat imagery. And you're absolutely right. There's a lot of folks now where, you know, 12, 18 months ago, the conversation was, how can I get in? Now the question, the big question in the industry is how can I stay in? How can I stay relevant? How can I stand out in a crowd of people who are trying to be in this industry and, and be relevant in this industry. Now, one of the things that you talk about a lot about is the mindset of the entrepreneur. Um, you know, I recognize that you talk about the mindset of an entrepreneur a lot because, you know, the mindset of an entrepreneur, especially in the CBD space, is that everybody has the best. Everybody, you know, everybody has the product, quote unquote that you know is the absolute best highest quality organic shit from the god of zeus you know whatever yeah, i've got also a 10 million milligram cbd oil so it's yeah exactly and one of the things that you talk a lot about is the fact that this is just another ingredient and that we have to start broadening the mindset around how we're going to market where we're going to market and ultimately who we're speaking to with the brand so why don't you talk to me from a brand perspective and then we'll get into the traffic side of it from a brand perspective when somebody is considering what the imagery and what the story of their brand is going to be what are two or three key elements or things that somebody has to be aware of when they're considering putting you know their name their package their overall brand story together before launching yeah, well, I'm going to make this simple for people because that's how I how I work anyway. So I want to make the podcast simple. But I'm going to split the thing two things up first. There's smokable, right? And then there's obviously the oils and the nanos and all the other stuff you can isolate, so you can stick in a product. So let's not talk about smokables because smokables is, is more difficult to brand and not be a me too because it's just it's, it's grass in a tub. Right, so I have a three-word acronym which I always use to make this simplify for people. A-M-P, AMP. AMP, audience, message, product. In that order, that's what you focus on. As you suggested, CBD is just an ingredient, no different to caffeine, which is an ingredient inside pre-workouts in the supplement space, right? So CBD is an ingredient. It's not an industry, it's an ingredient, right? So if you always focus on the audience first, so the AMP, the audience first, you find an audience that's got a, a massive want, right? Or a problem or a need, and then you work out if that market's big enough or that audience is big enough to serve, then you decide what's the message of the brand going to be to that audience. Once you know their problems or what joys they want, that audience, you focus on them, right? You just focus purely on the audience. You find an audience that needs help, that CBD could, could help or pain relief could help or su any supplement could help. You find the audience. Then you create a message and a brand around that audience. So it speaks directly to them. So when they wake up in the morning, your brand turns up in their email box or their messenger box, they get, you get them straight away and they get your brand. Now, once you've built that brand around that audience, you then decide what products would serve that audience. So if you think about it that way, you're not launching CBD brands. You're launching brands to an audience that could deliver multiple products in multiple sectors. Now, let's say beauty space, for example, you could be one minute doing an eye cream, then a lipstick, and then go into a powder of some sort, you know, or if you go to the fitness market, you could be delivering a protein powder, then a pre-workout, but a protein powder might have CBD in it. The, the pre-workout probably won't have CBD in it. So it mass instantly creates a bigger brand and instantly opens up more markets. Because if you just focus on selling CBD oils, like the big brands are like, because they started early, Pure, you know, Pure Kana, Fab CBD, and all them, you know, Green Roads and stuff. But they will have to diversify at some stage. So, but, but everyone who's starting out and who hasn't got a massive budget, you've got to focus on audience first, then message, then product. Because multiple times, Pure Guard, Paul, he just, um, he's doing me a rebrand. I'm like, well, who's your audience? Like, well, everyone from 18 to 60. I'm like, that's, that's virtually 75% of the globe. How, <laughs> how, how an 18 year old thinks first thing in the morning compared to a 60 year old is completely different the 18 year old dude is thinking about how to masturbate the 60 year old dude is thinking about how can he masturbate so he can't get an erection <laughs> so, so well, doesn't he need a plant-based diet but that's another conversation yeah, and, the, and the, yeah, the probably the 18 year old maybe he laced condom to soften up a little bit whereas the, the, the 60 plus year old doesn't because he, he's got he's got erectile dysfunction right so, <laughs> so but the point is the voice is totally different. How are the kids, I'm 40 and how the kids are 18 speak today nowadays, it doesn't really work. And if I sort of hark back to what I, when I built my supplement brand, I built the brand around the audience and effectively the audience is me at 30, 32, 31. 
So I, I, was, I was able to speak directly to them when I woke up in the morning. I could put a post out and they'll get it straight away because it's them. Out of shape, feel like shit. Mrs. doesn't want to sleep with them. The lads think they take the piss out of them all day long. So audience is, is massively important to everyone. Everyone who th- What people do is when they try and reverse engineer a big brand, right? What they do is they go and look at where the brand is today. And they try and reverse engineer the brand where it is today and forget how that brand started. So if you take Nike, for example, Nike weren't this multi-racial, massive marketing company that sold to everybody. It was some dude who was selling trainers to his running colleagues at Oregon Running Track or University. That's where he started. It started as a running shoe company. It was actually Blue Ribbon Sports, it was called first. They created Nike and was selling running trainers to you know, 400-meter runners and 1,500-meter runners. He definitely wasn't thinking about signing Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods as a golfer or basketball player 20 years down the line or 30 years down the line. He, so he started there. And every business, every brand has to start with a very micro-niched audience because what happens is that audience love what you do. And when they love what you do, they become fans. And fans make brands. Remember that keyword or the sentence, fans make brands. What makes – I'm English, right? So – I'm not massively into NFL, but what makes NFL team huge is its fan base. And that's where the value is, the fan base. And the fans make that team. Just like a brand, the fans make the brand. Because when you've got a load of fans, they tell everybody about you. And they make them buy your products. And then people become fans. And they tell everybody about you. And they make people buy your products. And suddenly you've got this tsunami of sales team that you don't have to do anything anything for, apart from just keep passing your brand message over. But you only get that when you understand the audience and what happens in this space and all other spaces. And the reason probably why this space is like it is, is because everyone in this space, a lot of them have come from the Amazon space, where it's what product's doing well on Amazon, go and copy it, get it from China, sell it on Amazon and try and make money. Right. So that's the me too concept. But it's not everyone starts with product first and then goes, OK, this is my method. This is my slogan. Now I've got to find my audience. Forget that audience first. Find a message that communicates with that audience and then deliver products because that's the carrier of your message. Deliver products to that audience, then you make money because people buy solutions. People buy things that make them happy. People buy things that they think that make them look more special, like Rolex watches. There is no need to buy a 16 grand watch, but because it's Rolex, people want it. You know, no difference to Porsche, Audi and Volkswagen. It's all the same bloody car, but it's just packaged differently. You know, Audi has got the same engines as Lamborghini. The Lamborghini's 200 grand. The Audi's 80 grand. People want the Lamborghini because it makes their penis bigger. You know, so, but that's how people buy. They buy an emotive stuff. So if you focus on the people that you are going to buy your product, you're always going to win over the person that focuses on product. You know, I say something really similar and I love how you just broke this down, but I say two different things. Number one, when when I have clients or just group members, I see a lot, we share in a lot of different social groups online. And a lot of the questions I see is what product should I put out into the market? And for me, that's always feels like the wrong question. And you're really, and you, the way that you just outlined it is confirming it, you know, over and over again for me, but they always ask this question about what product they should put onto the market. And they ask questions about the margins and they're asking questions for me. They're all the wrong questions for me, you know, especially knowing the trials and tribulations that come along with being a business owner in the cannabis or hemp space. The question that somebody should be asking is who do I want to solve what problem for and why? And understanding those three things will help you to sort of reverse engineer what product you're going to put into the market because the product ultimately is the new vehicle that's going to give them the result that they want. But you first have to have to figure out the problem and the pain that that problem is causing and, you know, why you want to serve that why you want to solve that problem for that person. The final thing is that you absolutely have to be in love with the demographic that you're going to serve because when you are three months down the line and you've spent 10 grand on a web, you've spent 10 grand on a brand and you're getting ready to drop another, you know, 10 grand on your website and e-commerce and you just got your merchant processor set up and you're, you paid for your funnel and you're getting ready to send traffic and all of a sudden your bank gets shut down and you have to go through another 30 day process to try and get somebody to even process a payment for you before you can generate a sale and you're 30 grand in the hole. Trust and believe that you have to find it in yourself, the love and passion that you have for that person and the problem that you're solving with the products that's now collecting dust in the warehouse 
you're going to have to find that passion and that love for the person that you're serving. And yep. if you're not passionate about it, you're going to be fucked over and over again, because that's not going to be the only time that you're confronted with a basic ass challenge that, you know, could stop you from doing business for months at a time. So yes. that, that is the one piece that I'll add on to that. I've got a second piece as well, Sonia. I'll say first of this, what I get first, not frustrated is the wrong word, is it frustrates me because I see people getting led down the wrong direction. When they're in groups and they put a picture of their label and they go, what do you think of my label? It's irrelevant unless you tell everybody who the, who, which audience it's for, right? So when people post, what do you think of my label? And they get loads of virtual high fives from other CBD sellers. It doesn't help you whatsoever because they did not ask the question, who are you trying to serve the product to? You know, who's mm -hmm. the audience? And the audience then, if you know the audience and understand the audience, you'll know if the label is good or not. But here's the secondary thing I want to talk about. If you want to get into the CBD space, and you're like, Paul, shut the fuck up. I want to get into CBD. I want to sell out the CBD product. Do it this way. So go, right, I want to sell CBD. What market or industry right now, not CBD, what market or industry right now consumes and takes millions and millions and millions of products every day? So prime example, protein powders, right? Protein powders are designed for muscle recovery, muscle replenishment, rest and recovery. Effectively, what does CBD do? Helps rest and recovery without any benefits, but that's basically what CBD does. When you add CBD to something like that, and that gets consumed on the fat millions every day, you instantly get yourself ahead of the, the market who's just trying to sell CBD oil to nobody. So if you, you, want, you, you want to get into CBD space, do you want to sell CBD? Think of what's being consumed or used a million times a day, today in different markets where CBD would complement that product. You know, it's you know, like um, the salves and stuff and that. You've got to think about the, you know, it's all about tap into markets that sell already and CBD complements because CBD is an ingredient. Like I said before, caffeine doesn't sell as well as pre-workouts. Pre-workouts kick the ass on sales of caffeine, but caffeine's a primary ingredient in a pre-workout powder. Mm -hmm. You saw the caffeine powder, people are like, what's, what's a caffeine powder? I want a pre-workout because people are trained from, from marketing, from the massive companies, that before a workout, you need a pre-workout, right? So, you know, post-workout shape to recover muscles and repair muscle, which CBD supports is, is one example, right? And there's multiple other things you can do it for. But if you're so focused on CBD market, I don't want to start with audience first, then just focus on what sells multi-millions already to give yourself a market advantage rather than creating a product. You know, it's, I've got another little saying, which is like, make what sells, don't sell what you make. So you only make stuff that's already selling by the millions. Don't, you know, but don't copy people, but it's make what sells. Don't try and sell what you make. Anyway, so I go a bit too deep sometimes. No, that's so good. I haven't heard that one yet. So I'm really, really happy that you're saying that. Hey, Paul, could you oblige us? You know, I think that there's nothing that speaks better than a solid example. And so I'd love to just get from your perspective an example of a well-defined avatar and an example of a wishy-washy avatar. Because I think that there's key differentiations in having a demographic that's well-defined and niched down People try and get stuck on too much sometimes with like too much information about the audience. But yeah, Ignite, you know, what's the name? Dan Bizarian, I can't even say his surname. Right. His, he's nailed his brand because his brand is him. And, and everyone who follows him, the multi, millions of people want to be him. He just acts like an ego version of himself. He probably lives that life a little bit, but he exaggerates it and people follow him. That's a perfect example of speaking to exact audience egotistical dudes that want to see strippers and want hot chicks with, big, with like tight asses and big tits on a boat shooting guns. Do you know what I mean? That is mm -hmm. in an extreme way, a really good, a really, really good example of like targeting and focusing on what you, what you do best. I love like, him. I'm a girl and I watch him all the time. Yeah. So yeah. So he, he's launched that brand. Everybody's, oh, he's got a following and stuff like the, you know, the Kardashians and stuff like that, but they, they still deliver. So Kylie, targets people of her own age people that aspire to be her right she's not trying to target to older women and stuff she targets to her demographic who's her right and they're extreme cases of targeting you know if you use yourself as you know and if you if you if your audience is you and you're and all of us we all think we're unique but ultimately we, we humans are pigeonholed in about four categories we think we are unique but ultimately we're, we're the same we're the same groups of other people you know so if you're, like you, you mentioned before, if you're building a brand 
and your, your target audience is similar to who you are, just speak from the heart all the time, and then that will connect. It will connect on so many levels, right? And that's why the Kardashians work, because, you know, and that's why pop bands, you know, say a girl band, always have like four girls in it, and the four girls got four different characters. Let's take Spice Girls, for example, shit mm-hmm. singers, right? But people associate themselves with the four different people, you know, cute baby Spice, then miserable bloody posh Spice, then scary Spice that, you know, was a bit mad and wild, and sporty Spice, ugly as sin, but people were still, you know, people related to her because she's like a normal ugly girl. You know, not ugly, it's unfair. Not the prettiest, right? <laughs> but what I mean is that people relate to each one of them, right? And that's branding still. When they, these music execs put bands together, they're thinking about brand at the start. They're thinking about how each one of them is going to connect to the audience, and that's branding. So it's no different. So, so yeah, they're the cases of, like, really good. The cases of really bad branding, it's pretty much 85 to 90% of everyone that's in the CBD space because they're not a brand. They're thinking product first. They're going, oh, this is a cool idea. I've called it a cool name. But when you go to them, what's the story? What's the brand about? You get crickets. And that's the way they haven't started. But and, and you doesn't mean you can't create a story afterwards, but you have to have a story. The stories sell. Stories always sell. Why do people buy Apple? You know, why do people buy Nike? What there's this innate thing about brands, real brands, they connect to people. Because when you've got a connection with someone, they will constantly buy from your time and tell you all the time about, about tell everybody about your stuff. So it's difficult to put Point out, I tell you what, actually, outside any selling space, click funnels. Russell Brunson, genius marketer, he's made his little world that, you know, are sending him millions every year. He's made everyone think that the website's dead and that you need this, you know, multiple page funnel to make money. It's completely ludicrous. It does work for some people and it doesn't work for most. But he's created this like brand around click funnels and funnel hacking and funnel hacking live and he's making millions. You know, yeah, so that's, that's outside of like any like uh, product space. That's him selling software. It's huge. He's genius. He's made people, and the people are like these mad following fans. When the click funnels, like one funnel away comes out, he's got all these affiliates that like start going out there pretending they're marketing experts. And these dudes never built a, a, a funnel. They never made a dollar from the funnel, but they're trying to sell to you that you can buy the funnel. It's like it's like an MLM. You know, no, it's, you know, Herbalife. Herba shite, 147 greens or it is in that product. It's absolute cack. But people follow the product and follow people. And it's like, it's like sheep mentality. And from a brand point of view, Herbalife's genius. Absolute genius. But from, a, from an efficacy point of view, for me, it's, it's crap. But I was looking from a brand point of view. So yeah, they're the extreme cases. Brand's all about the audience. If you un- so Herbalife understand where people are at. You hire people, right? that try and sell their pro- your products to someone else because they're trying to catch them out because they feel fat, they feel overweight, they feel ashamed about themselves, you know, they feel terrible, they get themselves in a little bit of shape, and then they think they're an expert in nutrition, expert in fitness, they take selfies all the time, then they start selling Herbalife. And they have this like cycle of like, you know, you're fat, you're, you know, you feel crap, you get in shape, you feel awesome, you think now you're, you're a fitness expert, or a, what they call themselves in Herbalife, they call themselves nutrition I can't remember they call themselves now, but they call themselves some stupid daft name, right? And then suddenly they, they, they become a seller. Then you've got this pyramid scheme going, or this MLM scheme going, where, you know, it's just a, it's a revolving circle of overweight, out of shape, feel shit, get in shape, feel amazing, become a coach, start selling Herbalife. That's great branding, but, so yeah. I don't know if I explain your question quite right, but yeah, ultimately anyone who hasn't got, people who, if you've got an audience, you, sh- you're not, you won't be struggling for sales. If you're struggling for sales at a baseline level, it's because you don't understand an audience and then the audience don't understand you. And then it's, you're doomed for failure. You're doomed to be sitting there scratching your head, getting stressed out. Your partner saying, why have you spent 30 grand on this idea and you've made you know, a grand in sales? You've got this sexy website, you've got this half-baked brand, but no one's buying it. Why not? Why are they not buying it? And then you're stressed off your box because you haven't focused on the audience first. So I have another question for you because it's hard for me to believe, and I think there's, it's hard for a lot of folks to believe that everything starts with the brand. So let's fast forward down the line a little bit and say that somebody has a solid brand and that they've tailored their brand to fit a specific demographic and yeah. that, that they're still struggling to make sales. I know that you're doing quite a bit in the background with 
SEO, online traffic, um, so on and so forth. And you've been a part of, you know, certainly influencing the way that this new and emerging marketplace is thinking about traffic and is thinking about online sales. Um, so I'd love to hear from your perspective. What about the established brands who have been struggling to make sales in the noisy marketplace? Perhaps they're still working a second job and this, their CBD company or whatever company is still like a secondary piece for them. Yes. What are some things what are some things that they can do online or how should they be thinking about or investing into generating sales online? I'd love to hear like your, some of your um, advice or direction would be um, for brands who are struggling to make sales. Right. So first of all, if there's people who are ad experts on here, I'm not knocking what you do because they get a bit excited when I talk about the subject. Ads have their place. However, CBD is a prohibited, or cannabinoid, is a, hip, a prohibited keyword on Facebook, Google, and Amazon. Therefore, you cannot drive ads to those keywords. Impossible, can't do it. So everyone who does it, they do a workaround, which then increases the amount of processes the consumer has to go through to, to get to a buy point or get to a data drop, an email address. Therefore, the more phases there is to a purchase, the more likelihood you've got, sorry, the uh, the more likelihood you're not going to get a conversion. So my thing to say to people is, right, if you, the first thing is always, you, as a brand, you've got to have a 360 overview of how your brand makes sales. First of all, if you understand your audience and your message and you understand your products, right, the first thing I say to everybody is just get an optimized website and do some sort of organic search optimization because the foundation to all growth eventually is being found where people are searching. No one goes to Facebook and searches CBD oil for back pain. No, you go to Google to search for that. You know, or you go to Safari or you go to you know, Bing or whoever your, your search, search engine is. You don't, go, you don't go to Facebook. You go to Facebook to go and you know, take the piss out of your friends or go and be nosy. And then suddenly an advert jumps in and like, pulls your pants down and goes, hey, this is CBD for your back pain. I haven't got back pain. But they've targeted you completely wrong. So that's someone burning, you know, financial money for no reason and, and, and they can't really target that anyway because they can't use the word cbd so my one would be is most most people forget about facebook just forget about it use your page push it out there and use the use the social networks we're allowed to we're allowed to market cbd as of today i think you can still use snapchat you can you can use cbd for advertising linkedin you can um but it's all it ultimately is understanding your audience and where they hang out Look, if your audience not hanging out on Facebook, why would you deliver ads to Facebook? If your audience is on Twitter, you focus on Twitter or you focus on getting out there. But even if you're an online business, your sales come from offline activities. What you do offline affects what you do online. So, and it's all about noise. Look, Pure Kana made a ton of money from this. This three basic principles of Pure Kana was a SEO as people call it, but I call it all organic search strategy, right? Uh, they got a hardcore one of them. They make they make millions just from that, just from search traffic. They have a, an amazing affiliate program, which is having ambassadors on board that push their products, right? And and that's a huge thing. Doing affiliate programs right or referral programs right is huge. Anyone who's got a brand, you need an affiliate program or referral program where people push your products. Just don't get dicks pushing your products because they can wreck your brand just as fast as you built it. And the third thing is is is, is imagery and using and and using visuals. Your social medias are there to represent what your brand is, but they're not ultimately going to be where you make your sales from. But they're there because people will go on there and go, oh, pure client, I'll go and check them out on Instagram. I'll go and check them out on Facebook. But they're there just to look. They're not, they're not looking there to buy. They'll then go, probably go to Google and then tap in, you know, pure kind of CBD oil and, go to, and then directly go to pure kind You know, so people just need to just stop thinking about this, you know, ad Facebook world of driving ads and funnels and shit like that because it's it's killing a lot of brands. I mean, it does work, and there's experts out there, and I know experts out there that can really crush it with ads, but it's very difficult. It's getting more difficult in the CBD space because of the legislation. So focus where you don't need to focus. Uh, focus where you need to focus where everyone else is not. But I my thing is everyone's going left, go right. So when I launch my again, go back to my, my first brand, and I do it now with brands I do on the QT, is that I focus in areas where people are not focusing. I don't do any ad spend ever on Facebook when it comes to building brands. I just stay away from it. 
Facebook at all for CBD brands, for sports supplement brands, for brands or businesses. We, we, I would pretty much stay away from Facebook because everyone's on Facebook trying to jam everyone with adverts. So just stay away from it. Snapchat, Snapchat's huge. But if your audience is right for Snapchat, Snapchat. YouTube, massive. Make videos, connect with people. But ultimately, I'm going to come back to this on you. It's all about the audience. If you understand your audience, you know how they feel, where they hang out, what motivates them, what pisses them off, what drives them, what products they buy already, what cars they drive, what family they've got, what pets they've got, you know, what's their attitude to certain religions or certain races and stuff like that. If you understand your audience, you know what magazines they read, you know everything about them. So you only target and you only deliver ads or spend time in the areas where they hang out. So if you understand the audience, going back to my AMP model, right, then you, don't have to, you won't be struggling. But it's, I understand it from an entrepreneur point of view is when you're in your business trying to manage everything and probably got uh, this is your side, you know, side gig, it's difficult to manage all that. So the best thing you can do is go out and hire someone or just get advice from someone or join a group that helps you, you know, and don't try and take on too much at the same time. But ultimately, why would you try and piss about on Facebook when you re- ultimately you can't really d- deliver ads on there? It's a workaround. So try a different tactic try something different you know don't be don't be, don't be scared to fail trying something that no one else is trying you know what I mean? so yeah yeah that's absolutely right you had for me you have you can't put all your eggs in one basket and this is a lesson that i learned you know kind of the hard way and I, for those of you who are just getting to know me and don't know a ton about me between my husband and i we have about 35 years in the cannabis and hemp space we've literally worked the process from soil to sale from the conception of legal cannabis in the early 90s out in California. I'm originally from California, so I grew up in the heart of cannabis culture. And, you know, one of the things that I recognize after being a part of legislative development, fighting the battles with legal and medical system here in the United States for patients' rights to safe access and supporting multiple brands, be, you know, building successful businesses in this space, one of the things that I recognize is that you cannot put all of your eggs in one basket. There are multiple facets to any one demographic and people as in general don't hurdle or huddle in one place there. I'm a mom, but I'm also, you know, a 35 year old woman who enjoys beauty and makeup. So yes, you can communicate with me and connect with me in mom forums, but I'm also going to be at Sephora or Ulta or the beauty section of Nordstrom, you know, finding my next lipstick. So there's multiple ways to connect with me if I am your ideal demographic. However, I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on one strategy and don't attack multiple strategies at one time. And at the end of the day, like selling CBD or selling anything is really just a numbers game. And I, Tony Robbins organization is a good, like global example of this. Russell Brunson is becoming a quick, you know, global example. Yeah, so, so yeah. So now you mentioned Tony Robinson, right? So Tony Robinson was doing really well. Right. And how yeah. he did mega well was that he realized that rather than trying to motivate normal people and get them to pay to come events, he targeted businesses that are doing a million plus a year because yeah. they want to make 2 million a year, 5 million a year. And they pay big bucks to listen to someone like him talk. And so he, when he switched from, he still does, you know, individual people and, and groups of like, you know, normal people. But once he switched to like helping businesses, his billions went up way more. Because he For then- sure. And, but I'm a Tony Robin person. Like I absolutely love his stuff. But like, it does not matter if I'm on Twitter, if I'm on Instagram, if I'm on Facebook, if I'm on fucking Pinterest, Tony is everywhere. Like I cannot get away from one of his like, quote unquote, morning messages if I wanted to. He sees me everywhere that I go. And the amount of content that is being pushed out right now to bring brand exposure and to indoctrinate me to become familiar with him and his ideas and you know his practices and his advice there's so much front end content that's being thrown out to me before i ever subscribe before i ever you know go onto a website or start to look for tickets let alone actually attend one of his events so my point in saying any of this is you know whether you it doesn't matter who you're selling to you have to find multiple ways to connect to yeah. capture their attention connect with them authentically 
and to in order to convert them into a sale. And I think content is the new age or the best way to do this. And, and I'll explain why I think this. And Paul, I'd love to hear you weigh in on this, especially because you're working so heavy on the SEO side. Well, content, um, so I can, I can literally tell you why. Con content's always been king. Everyone's just forgot. Google is a content machine. That's all it is. It's just a machine of content. It is a library and indexes of content. And all Google wants to do is deliver people the most trusted and the most up-to-date information. That's what Google's job is, is to provide us as searchers with the most up-to-date, apart from the three adverts that you get, which you don't get in CBD because you can't deliver ads to, you know, on Google. But all Google wants to do is deliver us with the best, most relevant content there is on the internet. So if you create the best, most relevant content on the internet and have a strategy behind it so you make Google think you are the most relevant and got the best content, you have traffic. And then that traffic comes to your website, you pixelate that traffic and you can chase that traffic all around the internet and do what Tony Robbins do and everyone else in the world that's brilliant is touch you so many times and they give you so much content and give you so much, they give you about 20, 30 things and then they get something from you. Give, 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 get. But out, but what the problem is people are doing, they just want to get, they don't want to give. Yeah, yeah, I see that. You know, Mike Keenigs, who is a pretty successful content marketer here in the United States said, you know, if you do three value videos and then pitch or make an offer on the fourth video, and that's sort of a system, you know, and there's all sorts of algorithms that places like Facebook or blogs or whatever, you have to be creating a certain amount of content. The number one thing I can say is as one of the largest content creators for the cannabis industry, you know, we've impacted hundreds of millions of people around the world with our content. I continue to be a leader in education for the space. You know, one of the things that I can recognize in my own content creation is consistency is key. And, you know, picking a day and a time that you show up with, no, you know, come hell or high water, you have to show up and then, you know, at the same time on the same day and be really consistent with the content that you're creating because that triggers the algorithms and the social channels to give you more exposure to audiences that's not even your own. So mm -hmm. if the more consistent that you can be with your content, the more that the social platforms will trigger their algorithms and give you further exposure that you don't necessarily have to pay for. Paul, our interview went so fast. I'm like having such a good time talking with you about this stuff because I think that you're giving really sound value-driven advice. Couple, One of the final things that I want to ask, I, I always do a segment called the words of wisdom and you've already given tons, but let's. I want to bring it down to a focus because I think that the industry is going through a cleansing right now. We're certainly confronted with different levels of challenges as an industry. It is not the the boom that we were experiencing, you know, 18 months ago or three years ago when, when companies like Pure Canna were getting started. Cody was one of my first clients on my pages. And so I, I know him and his journey well. However, you know, <laughs> the, the landscape of the industry is certainly not the same. And I know that we're confronted as an industry with some really particular challenges. And we're not singular. There's, you know, multiple industries that have gone through a similar type of wave, but the strong will survive. So what can you say would be some key pieces of wisdom or words of wisdom, pieces of advice that you could share for an established brand or business owner to stay relevant in today's marketplace? I'm going to say it all the time, understand your audience to the nth degree. If you understand your audience and you can like understand your audience. There's multiple ways doing it. Go out and speak to them. Understand what triggers an audience. So if you understand your audience, then it will provide you a multiple different ways to create content, to do stuff. If you know, how do they consume content? If you understand them, because some brands get to a certain point and actually are a really crap audience or understanding their audience and they get to a certain level. But when you get to a certain level, you have to then step up the mark, you know, and you have to then position yourself as the go-to person so or the go-to brand. So it's all about audience. I would just get everybody to go, okay, I've started a business. Now I need to focus on an audience and just speak to that audience all the time. And don't talk at people, talk with people. Make their gut have a reaction. And simplify, simplify is the case one. You know, you know, 
what's that, that's that kiss or whatever it is keep it simple stupid or whatever but simplify your whole life <laughs> simplify everything you do people get consumed in the bullshit and all the a lot of brands i work with they spend 80 to 70 percent of their time firefighting crap they don't need a firefight and not focusing on 20 percent where they make money so if you understand if you've got a brand that is making money work out where it's making the money and then focus all your attention on where it's making the money and you, you start to, it's all about, it, but it all goes back to audience. It's always audience because ultimately, who buys your product? People. And people buy people. Now, I'm not talking about human trafficking. I'm talking about people buy into brand stories and brand information. I know I'm a brand person, but if you forget about it, if you think about dating, it's no different. I'll go on a bit, but dating is no different. We date, first of all, by seeing something that's attractive, right? Which is like your logo or your visuals, your brand. And then the second thing is you chat. Now, if your banter's crap, right, you're not going to go to a second date. Well, you might do if you're lucky if it's Tinder. But, you know, your likelihood of going to a second date is impossible. Because your brand story or your story or your conversation is rubbish, the person's going to go, oh, you look good, but you're thick as pig shit. I'm not interested in meeting you again. And it's no different to a brand. The first thing they see is your visuals. The second thing they're going to do is find more out about your brand, about your story, and about what you're up to, and about why, they, why you, they care about you or you, you should care about them. And that's like dating. That's a primal instinct we have as humans. So don't change it when it comes to selling. Understand your audience and make them get excited every day for your brand because you know who they are and they know who you are and there's this relationship going on. Yeah, that is my words of wisdom to everybody. Cut all the shit out. Cut all the silver bullets. Get rich, you know, schemes and all this crap that's out there. Just focus on the funnels and all that crap. Focus on the humans you want to buy your products first. If you focus on them, you won't need a funnel. You just have that one conversation and they'll buy your stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it's not about the funnel. It's not about this. It's not about that. If you forget all that for now and focus on your audience, you can get professionals to come and go like, cool, you know your audience. I can do this funnel for you, speaking directly to your consumer so you get more conversions. You're like, sweet, bring it on. You know, you know your audience. <laughs> cool. We can do an SEO pack strategy on on your audience. We know where they hang out. We know what they're talking about. We know where they're looking. We know they're a mum. We know they even they're a mum. We know they're a stripper at night or whatever it is, right? Okay, so we understand your audience. Therefore, we'll put a strategy in place for your audience. It always comes back to your audience, and this is what people fucking forget. They go, "Oh, but it's funnel." Don't get a, if your if your funnel sends someone to a turd, no one's buying that fucking turd, right? <laughs> comes back to the audience unless that audience love turds right <laughs> right that is a right, i'll leave it with this there's a scottish company selling a scottish air to japan right they found this scottish company have found a niche group of people in japan that want bottled scottish air and these guys provide scottish bottled air for 80 dollars a pop right? stop then, it yeah fact they found an audience that loves scottish air so they pack, they catch it in these weird nets. They don't catch air. It's bullshit, right? But he's going to look online. You know, Irish or Scottish farmer catches air. And he's got this net and he's catching this air and closing the pot and his pots and he's sending it to China or Japan or wherever it is. So ultimately, it starts with audience. You can't just go, I'm going to start selling air and try and sell it to the whole world because everyone's like, you're fucking mad, right? But if you find the audience first, you can sell that stupid air. Oh my so, yeah, God. It's that's always like <laughs> That's a good closing. I love it. They're literally selling air. That's great. They're polluting our water and selling air. They're selling air. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Okay. Well, Paul, you dropped some major heat on the, on the show today. I'm I'm so honored to have you on. Absolutely love watching the work that you're doing. If folks are interested in finding out more about you or following you or potentially even working with you, where can they find you? Best place, just come up. If you're on Facebook, come to the CBD Secret Brand Project. That's my group on there. If not, LinkedIn or go to go to digbo.co, which is a website I've just started for the, the cannabis space to run find me. But ultimately, this will be on Facebook. Come to Facebook, find me, and just chat to me. I'm a human. I'm not a robotic sales marketing knobhead. So just yeah, message me if you've got happy to chat to anybody. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you again for your time here. I love hearing you be so candid about the challenges and the focuses that businesses and brands alike, no matter what your industry is, need to be focusing on in order to succeed here in the new age of business. You know, those of you guys who are listening in who have a business or are starting a business, you have to know that 
the accessibility that is available through the internet, giving us access to a global marketplace, although it is sexy and a very alluring, can also be quite challenging because the puddles that and ponds that we're playing in now have turned into oceans and we can cross oceans at the push of a button. And so it's really under, I, I think the whole overwhelming theme of this interview and you know a lot of what we talk about in the podcast is how we are capturing the attention of the people that we want to be working with or speaking to, how we authentically create a connection with them and nurture them and move them into the action that we want them to take, whether they're enrolling, whether we are enrolling them into a mission or a movement that we're trying to create, cultivating the energy and relationship with somebody before they engage with you financially is the most important thing that you can do as a business owner. And you have to really build in that as part of your strategy and business plan, because Unfortunately, and fortunately, it does cost time, team, and money to be able to effectively produce content and connection with, with an audience, no matter where they are located. So I implore you to continue to follow the works of Paul Booth, myself. There's a few other incredible people who have also been guests on our show. Just make sure that you stay plugged into a community and follow a leader that you can trust to give you consistent advice and direction around how you are taking the necessary steps forward before you fall too far behind. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. Guys, we'll see you on our next show. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution Podcast. Ciao for now.